in the morning. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thankful. He's the lifter of our head. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we will read verse 23 this morning. We will look at some other verses in that chapter, but our main attention will be on verse 23. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs is right after Psalms. So if you find Psalms, just keep going to the right and uh, you will find Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. If you have that, if you're able to, if you'll stand with me as we read this verse together. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Let's read it again. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we are thankful, grateful this morning, Lord, that you are the lifter of our head. Lord, I sense in this room just this morning, Lord, there is some weariness. Lord, I sense in the room there is some spiritual apathy. Lord, I sense in the room there's just a little bit of discouragement for some reason. But I don't know why that is, but you do. But Lord, the greatest encouragement we ever find is from the Scriptures. And so Lord, I pray that as we have opened up your Holy Word, God, that these words would not just be merely words, but God, they would jump off the page and they would come into our heart and they would just run around in our life for a minute. And God, they would change our heart, change our mind, transform our minds this morning. And God, may we leave this morning more encouraged than what we came. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, I don't think think we give this verse enough attention. I think you've all heard this verse before. I have no doubt that if you've been in church at any length of time, you've heard Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. I have no doubt many of us in this room have heard that verse. You may even have that verse somewhere in your house, whether it's in a picture frame or in some form you have it in your house. You may have been told that from other people, from a mom or dad or a grandmother or grandfather. Guard your heart. You've even probably heard messages preached on Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. But I don't know if we give this verse enough attention. I don't know if we give this verse enough of our heart and our mind. And we are reminded, Scripture says, to be a doer of the word, not only just a hearer. And I believe when we give Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 a lot more of our attention, attention, it will cause us to be a better doer of the word. This is a father speaking to a son, teaching his son how to walk a straight path. 
I don't know of anybody in here that would say, I'd just rather not do that. I'd just rather walk a crooked path, a narrow path, a path full of stumbling blocks. That's the path I want. I don't know of anybody that would say that. In Proverbs chapter 4, this is a father speaking to his son, teaching his son how to walk a straight path. And he tells him in this verse, son, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above anything else, guard your heart. Why? For it is the source of life. Many other translations say different things. Guard your heart, the NIV says, for everything you do flows from it, meaning your heart. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. The ESV says, guard your heart, from it flow the springs of life. King James says, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. What we learn from all of these translations and what we learn from Proverbs 4.23 is that the heart is the control center of your life. Everything you do flows from your heart. All of your passions come from your heart. All of your desires come from your heart. All of your emotions, good or bad, come from your heart. All of your likes and dislikes come from your heart. And the writer of Proverbs says, if you want to walk a straight path, guard your heart above all else. Above everything else, above every other part of your body. Guard your heart. You would say, well, we need to guard our eyes and what we look at. You're right, we should do that. We need to guard our tongue and what we say. You're right, we should do that. Well, we need to guard our feet in the places that we go. You're right. We should do that. And the, pro- the writer of Proverbs teaches the same thing. But notice what he starts with. Guard what? Guard your heart. For out of the heart determines the course of your life, the springs of life, the issues of life. Everything you do flows from it. So what do we learn? What you put in your heart or what you allow to come into your heart, it matters. It absolutely matters. We need to do a much better job and be a lot more concerned about what we allow in our hearts. We need to be more concerned about what we put into our hearts. Even the writer of Proverbs knew the importance of guarding the heart first. You see right right below that, verse 24, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Don't let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. But what does he start with? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. And then guard your lips, your eyes, and your feet. You know why he started with a heart? Because if you get the heart right, if you guard your heart right, then you will not let your mouth speak dishonestly or talk deviously. You know why? Because what comes out of the mouth comes directly from the heart. And when you speak foul language, you speak foul jokes, you speak coarse language and unwholesome talk, that's not just you being funny or goofy, that's in your heart. That's coming out of your heart. When anger just bursts out of you, 
That's not anyone else's fault. It's not the situation you're in. That's from the heart. You've got anger in your heart. You've got bitterness. You've got wrath in your heart. So if you get your heart right, you'll get your tongue right. If you get your heart right, you'll get your eyes right on where you're looking. You will look forward. Look straight ahead. Look to Jesus. Don't deviate your eyes left and right. But look to the Lord. If you get your heart right, your eyes will follow. Your tongue will follow. But also, if you get your heart right, you will carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. If you guard your heart, your feet will take you into godly places. Even the writer knew the importance of guarding your heart first. See, if there is more world in your heart, then there will be more world in your lips and what your lips say. If there's more world in your heart, then there will be more world in what your eyes are drawn to. If there's more world in your heart, then there will be more world in where your feet take you. And if you have found that your lips, your eyes, and your feet are filled with the world, you know why? It's not because of your surroundings. It's not because of the hand that you've been dealt. It's because of your heart. That means your heart is filled with the world. That's why he says, guard your heart above all else. Above anything else, guard your heart. If there is more godliness in your heart, then there will be more godliness in your lips and your tongue. If there's more godliness in your heart, then there will be more godliness in what your eyes gaze upon. If there's more godliness in your heart, then there will be more godly paths that your feet take you. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything you do flows from it. If you have harsh words or hateful words, it's not because uh, it's someone else's fault. It's because that's what's in your heart. If you look at unwholesome things, that's in your heart. If your feet take you places you shouldn't go or keep you from places you should be, that's in your heart. If your feet take you places where you should not be, or if your feet keep you from places you ought to be, that's in your heart. Often people say, well, I'm not in church because of this. I don't go to church because of that. No, bottom line is people don't go to church because they don't want to go to church. That's why they don't come to church. Well, no, I just wasn't feeling good or I had to work late last night or we had a busy day yesterday. That's why I wasn't there, preacher. No. Now, see, I can't say this to your face. You'll get mad at me, post something on Facebook, Right? Post some scripture that tells me otherwise. <laughs> you know why you're not at church? Because you don't want to be at church. That's why. You know why people don't go to Sunday school? Because they don't want to go to Sunday school. You know why people don't come to Wednesday night church? Because they don't want to go to Wednesday night church. They don't want to. It's not a matter of an issue in your life. It's a matter of heart. And oftentimes, your feet will keep you from places you need to be. And I believe your feet need to keep you in a place with God's people. I want to share with you three areas where we need to guard our heart. Number one, guard your heart for the purpose of sanctification. Guard your heart for the purpose of sanctification. 
Now, sanctification is the process that follows justification, okay? Justification is the moment of salvation. The moment you're saved, you are justified, okay? You are saved, justification. You are now just in the eyes of God, not because of you or anything you've done, but because Jesus has clothed you in his righteousness. You are now justified. Now, the life that lives after that is called sanctification. It's the process of being, (coughs) excuse me, of being sanctified. And so guard your heart for the purpose of sanctification. It's the process of growing in your faith. It's the process of growing (coughs) in your walk with the Lord, clinging to the vine. And the only way this happens is when you guard your heart. The only way we walk with the Lord daily in sanctification, the only way we grow in our walk and our faith with the Lord daily is when we guard our heart. I often hear many people say, well, I just don't grow in the faith, or, well, preacher, I'm just not being fed at church. Well, I just don't know the Bible enough, or I'm just not as faithful as I really would like to be. Well, the reason most people say those things, and I have many people tell me those things, is because most people are only hearers of the word and not doers of the word. Most Christians don't do anything with the scriptures that they already know. Most Christians, they don't do anything with the scriptures they already know. And so they want to get into this study and that study. I want to learn more, grow more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm just not growing. I need to be discipled. I need to do this. I need to do that. But most Christians don't even do anything with the scripture they already know. So you know, guard your heart. But most Christians won't even do that. So therefore, their sanctification process, walking with the Lord, is a very slow process. And you have end up with Christians who've been Christians for 30, 40, 50 years that are no more mature now than they were when they first got saved. You don't obey, you don't live by or guard your heart with the little Bible you already know. Guard your heart for the purpose of sanctification. When you guard your heart, it will help you and allow you to grow in your walk with the Lord. That way, when life happens, you're ready. You're ready. Second thing is this, guard your heart for the purpose of your family. Now listen to me, I'm going to get very personal. I don't mean, well I do mean to, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, okay? Guard your heart for the purpose of your family. Listen, moms and dads, protect the hearts of those in your home. Guard the heart of those that are in your home. That is your job. It is your responsibility. What you do and allow matters in their heart. There are parents in this room, many parents in this room, that still have children or teenagers and or teenagers in your home. Listen, what you do in your home matters. Amen? It is your responsibility to guard the hearts of your children. That's your job. You don't bring them to church and say, well, I hope their heart is guarded at church. You don't feed them twice a week, do you? 
No. You can't take them to church twice a week, maybe twice a week, and think your little sweetheart is going to grow up to be a man of God or a woman of God. It don't work like that. And so parents, guard your children's heart. We as parents have the responsibility of guarding the hearts of our children. Listen, we know better. They don't. They don't know better. And I know, I know, teenagers, you, I know. You're smarter than anybody in the world. I know that. Like, you have so much wisdom. I get that. But you don't know better. Listen, I, I know things. I've been places. I've experienced life. You haven't experienced much. You know, it comes time to, for kids to graduate high school. You know what I tell them? Congratulations on the easiest part of your life. The easiest part of your life. Congratulations. That's the easiest part. But parents, it is your job, your responsibility to guard the hearts of your children. We know better. Guard their heart. Listen, I'm going to tell you some areas you need to guard their heart in. Guard their heart in the area of their friends. Listen, parents. You may think you don't have a say-so in their friends. You absolutely have a say-so in their friends. And you better guard their heart in the area of their friends. Because you and I both know, we all know, you will end up becoming like those you surround yourself with. And if you allow your children and teenagers to be surrounded by other children and teenagers that don't know, love the Lord, have no desire to love the Lord, and, and, and come from situations that are ungodly, they will begin to act more like them than them acting like your children. And if you don't believe that, I can tell you and tell you a thousand stories of parents in our church that have come to me and said, I don't know why they're acting like this. And we didn't teach them that. They didn't grow up like that. And I begin to dig around in what they allow and allow their children to do. And you know what? They're acting like the people they hang out with. That's what they're doing. Oh, bless your heart. I have a good why. I don't know what's going on. Oh, that's good. Straight out of the faucet. That is good, good. <clears throat> I don't know. But guard the heart of the area of their friends. Listen, who do you allow your, your children and teenagers to hang out, hang out with? Who do you allow them to hang out with? This is especially true when they have boyfriends or girlfriends. Listen, you guard their heart. Parent, you guard their heart. Don't let them guard their heart and don't leave that up to anybody else. You remember being a teenager, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. I know some of you. You've told me stories. You say, I don't want them to grow up like that. Guard their heart in the area of their friends, especially around boyfriends. And girlfriends, listen, in the area of boyfriends and girlfriends, dear parent, please, as a pastor, don't you ever let your teenager be alone with a boyfriend or girlfriend. You say, well, Mike, you just don't trust yours. You're exactly right. I don't trust a teenager. I don't. You know why? I was one. I don't trust a teenager. You think your teenager can say no to sin every time? And say no to temptation every time? You're wrong. Listen, you think more highly of your teenager than I do then. 
And I love them. I love them to death. I love to hang out with them. Don't ever let your teenager be alone in a room by themselves with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Listen, that's just good wisdom. Amen. Amen. I always had three rules as a youth pastor. Three rules for boyfriend and girlfriend. Don't ever be alone in a room by yourself. That was rule number one. Don't ever do that. Rule number two, don't ever turn the lights out. Don't ever turn the lights out. Oh, say, so, oh, what you going to watch a movie? I don't care what you're going to do. You ain't got to turn the lights out to watch a movie. Don't turn the lights off. You become a Roman. You understand that? You become a Roman. All of a sudden, you have Roman hands. The rest of you got it. <laughs> That's good, Stephanie, isn't it? That's very good. You're going to use that, aren't you? <laughs> don't ever be alone in a room by yourself. Don't ever, t- <laughs> don't ever turn the lights out. And don't, don't ever lay down. Don't ever lay down. I was going to watch a movie. It's uncomfortable sitting up. Well, just be uncomfortable then. Give me that garbage. It's uncomfortable. Whatever. You better sit up. Better put a Bible between y'all. That's what y'all need to do. Listen, parents, I know you think you can trust them. I'm not saying you can't trust your children. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's your responsibility to guard their heart. Listen, don't provide them worldly things and then wonder, well, why didn't he or she turn out the way I thought they would turn out? You know why? Because you were feeding them the world. That's what you were doing. You were giving them the world. Why didn't she or he love God like they should? Why don't they honor the Lord? Why don't they want to go to church? Why don't they want to do these things? And we wonder those things, but we've been feeding them the world and allowing their heart to be uh, the world to come into their heart. Listen, don't give them the world and they won't act like the world. You give them Jesus, man. Give them the Lord. Daddies, give your children the Lord. Don't give them things to protect them. Don't give them contraceptives because you think that's protecting their heart. No, that's protecting your own reputation. Protect their heart. They've only got one. And you better stand at the door of your child's heart and protect it. You leave that up to the world, they'll take it. And they'll love it. And the world will crumble their heart up. And they'll throw it away. That's what the world will do. Now listen, I'm not a perfect father. You can ask my children. They will, they will yell that out. Absolutely not. And I'm not saying everything I've done is perfect. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, when certain things come up that I'm going to do a good job or be perfect then. I'm just saying starting right now. Starting now. We can start and right now begin to guard the hearts of our children. Guard the hearts of our teenagers. Not only do you need to guard their heart in the area of their friends, but guard their heart in the area of the, of the music they listen to. <clears throat> we, not long ago, had kids camp, and a wonderful time, man. I, I love hanging out. I love hanging out with our, our children and our teenagers. I mean, I just love it. I, I, it I, I get energized by it. It does something to me. I just, I love it. I enjoy it. And that's where at kids camp... <clears throat> I heard some of the kids, some of these older kids, some of the kids singing certain songs. I didn't know the song. I just, I didn't know. And so I said, well, what are, what are you singing? Oh, it's just a song on the radio. 
Well, where do you hear that? Well, it's just on the radio in the car. Oh. So in your own car when you're driving, obviously they're not. They're like, oh, no, when I'm riding away with mom and dad. I'm like, that's what y'all listen to? That? Yeah, that's just what we listen to. Brother Mike, what do you listen to in your car? I listen to Christian music or sports radio or something. True story. You know what response I got? You listen to Christian radio in your car all the time? True story. I said, oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, I just don't know. I've just never heard of that. You've never heard of that? You never heard of, <laughs> you never heard of listening to Christian music in your car? Yeah, I don't know if our station has that. I don't know. I don't know if our radio has that. I'm like, what? Well, what do you listen to? Why well, we just listen to country music? Okay, well, is that it? You don't listen to anything else? Yeah, that's all we listen to. So I looked up some of the songs they were singing. I'm only going to give you one. I didn't really have the time to look up the rest. This is perfect, the song says. You're going to know this. Come kiss me one more time. I couldn't dream this up, even if I tried. You and me in this moment feels like magic only. I'm right where I want to be. Everybody's talking about heaven like they just can't wait to go, saying how it's going to be so good and so beautiful. But lying next to you in this bed, I ain't convinced because I don't know how heaven could be better than this. And that's the theology our kids have. That's the theology we're teaching our kids and our teenagers about heaven. That lying next to a woman or a man could be better than heaven for all eternity. Now listen, I'm not perfect. I've had country music on my radio, okay, on, the, on, the, uh, uh, on my radio in the truck, okay? I don't just put it on Christian radio around somebody gets in. No, I don't do that. And I've heard that song before, and I thought, what in the world? And they were singing that song. And then later on in the night, we were walking through the book of Galatians. Not the whole book, but we were looking in Galatians. And so we get up and try to help the kids, you know, try to find Galatians, and that's fine. That You've got to help them. I understand that. But some of the same kids, older kids, hey, man, hey, uh, have you found, let me help you find that. Oh, yeah, there you got it. There you go. Hey, uh, have you found Galatians? No, I hadn't found it. I said, well, let me help you. He said, no, I don't need, I don't need your help. No, let me, I don't mind helping you find Galatians. He said, no, my Bible don't have Galatians. I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of Bible you got? I said, I'm pretty sure you got Galatians in there. No, my Bible don't have it. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you got Galatians in there. And I mean, I began to think, boy, our kids know all kind of music, country music, rap music. They know everything about PS3s and 4s and Fortnites and all that. But we're not teaching our kid to find Galatians in the book, in the Bible. Now you tell me, you can make this judgment, okay? Of just the explanations, just the examples I've given, do you think those kids have more of the world or more of God's word or more of the Lord? I'd say more of the world. And then in those moments, we can't wonder why they turn out the way they do and make bad decisions. Hey, listen, you, you, can, you can train up your child. I'm telling you, you can give them God's word every day, pray over them every day. You can have them memorize the whole Bible, and they'll still flee from God. 
I'm not saying that if you do that, they're not going to flee from the Lord. They might. But train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Guard their hearts in the music they listen to. Listen, guard their heart in the things that they watch and look at. Guard their heart in that time they spend on their phones, iPads, or computers. Listen, parents, a tablet, TV, or a phone is not parenting. That's not parenting. And I know we have them in our home. I know that. We, everybody's got them. We got phones and iPads and, you know, and, and tablets and all that. We got them. And I know sometimes it's just easier to just hand it over to them and say, you go do that, I need to rest, or I'm tired, or just get out of my hair for a little while. I know it's easier to do that. But listen, you're the one that signed up to be a parent. And the word parent, I don't think, is just describing what you are. It's describing who you are. The word parent is an action word. You parent. You parent them. We have them in our home. We try to set time limits on screen time. You may be thinking, well, you must not trust your kids. You're absolutely right. We don't like our kids to be in a room by themselves on a phone or tablet or anything like that. You know why? They're one, two clicks away from stuff they shouldn't be seeing and looking at. And we're not perfect at that. I'm not saying we are. We, got all, we just mentioned it last night. Are we doing a good job of this? And at some point, parents, there's this word called no that you can tell your kids. Isn't that amazing? Tim Hawkins, comedian, he says, it's the gift of no. Hey, can I get on my iPad? No. No. You know what the next thing is. They start crying and whining. And it's easy to just give it to them. Tim Hawkins says, it's the gift of no. Can I get on my iPad? Any, many, money? No. He said he just starts making a game out of it. Ha, can I get a, I'm on my phone. Can I get on my iPad? Can I go do this? I want to play PS4 for 12 hours today. Any, many, money? No. This old man, he said, no. <laughs> so he does. So we start doing it in our house. Can I do this? Uh, no. <laughs> any, many, any, many, money? No. Try it with your kids. Oh, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. But it feels awesome. Like you just laugh, you know. He says, then he started getting creative. He goes, any, many, money, no. <laughs> he says, he serves up the gift of no. <laughs> We're not perfect at it. But listen, we have responsibility to guard the hearts of our children. Guard their heart. Listen, stand at the door of their heart and guard it with everything you got. Because you know what? The world is standing right there with you. And if you let your guard down, at all the world is willing and ready to take over no look none of us are perfect in this room i'm far from it i'm far from it but i just believe and trust that we as parents need to do everything we can to guard their heart stand guard at the door of your child's heart and i will tell you this too there's many in this room many parents you're thinking Man, I've tried. I just, I don't have the ability to. I, and you're thinking because your children or teenagers have done things that you have failed as a parent. Listen, I'm not saying that. There's no, absolutely no way you and I 
in our own abilities can fully guard the hearts of our children and our teenagers. And I'm not asking you to do that. Because if you try in your own abilities, you will become discouraged because you'll fail many times. But as a parent, listen, trust in the power of God's grace. Trust in the power of God's Spirit who can fully protect them. Don't just stand by yourself at the heart of their door and guard it. You stand there with the power of God. You stand there with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean your kids and teenagers, they're going to grow up and not make any bad decisions? No, that doesn't mean that. The last thing is this. Guard your heart for the purpose of your friends. Guard your heart for the purpose of sanctification. Guard your heart for the purpose of your family. And, and, and listen, it's not just children. It's also you, each other. It's also standing at the door of the heart and guarding the heart of your wife, guarding the heart of your husband. It's not just children. Guard each other's heart. Protect each other's heart. Because the Bible says the two shall become one. Their heart is your heart, and your heart is their heart. And so you need to stand guard with each other and guard each other's heart. And the last one, guard your heart for the purpose of your friends. Listen, all of us Christians were either leading people to Jesus or we're leading them away from Jesus. When you guard your heart properly, it affects your tongue, your eyes, and your feet. You begin to take on the personality of a godly man. You begin to take on the personality of a godly woman. And listen, the friends that you have in your life, we say friends around here, stands for friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. It's those that we know are unsaved. They're, not, they're lost. They don't know the Lord. They're unchurched. But if you guard your heart properly, then you begin to take on a personality of a godly man and a godly woman. And you know what your friends need from you? They need you to be a godly man. They need you to be a godly woman. And so guard your heart in the area of your friends so that your tongue, your lips will not speak unwholesome things and push them away from the Lord. So that your tongue will not come across like a viper, like a fire, like poison. And you speak things and say things that are ungodly and push them away from the Lord. But you guard your heart so that you can speak encouraging words, so that you can speak godly words, loving words, kind words, so that you can respond in a godly manner. And that will help bring them to the Lord. Guard your heart. In the air of your eyes, so that when you look at people, you don't see them as the world sees them, but you see them as God sees them, as somebody who is lost. And the way they the reason they're acting the way they're acting is because they're lost. And guard your heart in the air of your eyes so that when you look at them, you don't see a disgruntled co-worker that you don't like very well that gets all your nerves <laughs> but when you guard your heart and you look at them you see somebody that's hurting 
You see somebody that needs peace in their life that passes all understanding. You see somebody that needs Jesus. They need their sins forgiven. And listen, when you guard your heart, it causes your feet to move with action and to go to these people and to share with them the great news of the gospel. It causes your feet not to go to places to stand in the corner of the building or the office and stand there and gossip about others that are there. Or kids, teenagers, you guard your heart so that your feet won't take you beside the lockers where they're just bullying someone else or talking bad about someone else because of the way they look or because of where they come from or things that they've said or done. Guard your heart. Why? Because everything you do flows from it. The things you say, the things you look at, and the places that you go. Guard your heart. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I know, I know, Lord, that I've said some things that may have hurt feelings or may have hurt my feelings, and it has really, because, Lord, I haven't done a very good job but even guarding my own heart, much less the hearts of those in my home. And Lord, I know, I don't know specific uh, situations with parents. I, I, but I do know, Lord, everything that you've taught us today can be applied. God, may we not just be hearers of the word today, but God, may we be doers of the word today. God, we may not know a lot of scripture, but we do know this one now. And may we walk out of this door and be a doer of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. But Lord, first of all, that starts with guarding our own heart. Guarding our own heart. And Lord, there's people in this room, God, that their tongue, their eyes, and their feet look more like the world than they do a Christian. And listen, if that's you today, I pray that God's doing business in your heart because I could tell you this, God's done business with me all week about it. Things that I say, thoughts that I have, those thoughts may not come out, but they're in my mind which come from my heart. Things that I look at with my eyes and how I look at people and then places that my feet may take me. Listen, God's convicted me of that. And I prayed and repented of those things. And I'm asking you this morning that if you're the same way, if your eyes, your tongue, your feet look more like the world than they do what the Bible describes a Christian ought to look like. In a moment when we stand and sing, I'm asking you to come and pray. Come and pray. Come and seek the face of the Lord. Fix your eyes on him and repent of that. Listen, be a doer of the word right now. Right now. Be a doer of the word right now. You may, you may be in here and you're a parent. And you may have been done. You, you've probably, many parents in here, you've been doing a great job of guarding the heart of your children. But you and I both know that you can't do that alone, that you need the power of God to help you. And I'm asking you to come and pray a special prayer over your children. That God would protect them. 
that God would watch over them. Even if they're, you're always a parent. It doesn't matter how old they are. You're always a parent. That God would watch over them. That the things that you've taught them, the things that you've given them, that they'll not depart from them. Come pray over your children. Labor in prayer over your children. Stand at the door and guard the heart of your children and your grandchildren. But listen, you may be in here today. You say, Brother Mike, I, there's, no, there's not been any guarding of my heart because the world owns it anyway. It doesn't belong to the Lord because the world owns it. Listen, the first step of guarding your heart is to allow Jesus to forgive you of all of your sin and allow the grace of God, as we said earlier, to come into your life and wash your sins as white as snow so that you'll be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And so maybe you're in this room and the world owns your heart. And I would plead to you right now to turn your heart over to Jesus. Give it to him. Allow him to forgive you of your sins. Allow him to stand at the door of your heart and guard it from the adversary that is real an adversary that is looking to devour you. So I'll be down front. Others may come and pray with you. We'd love to do that. Whatever God's leading you to do, we want you to be obedient to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us?